Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group. I have the pleasure of speaking today with Deepen Desai, VP of Security Research and Threat Labs at Zscaler. We will be talking about security in the age of cloud. Welcome Deepen to the ISMG discussion. Thank you, Suparna. So Deepen, we all know that it is no longer just about storing data on premise. In fact, organizations have moved to the cloud. Now, obviously, data is hosted by different cloud providers. Do you think it is tough to get visibility of data under such circumstances? Yeah, uh, I think we are living in the age of major digital transformation that is happening. Right, as you mentioned, the data is now moving from internal networks to the cloud service providers. We are also seeing. major transformation in the users presence inside the network right they're now more mobile there is a lot of telecommuting that happens so we need to ensure that those users are also protected in addition to the data that resides in the cloud applications right the other shift that we're seeing is lots and lots of enterprise traffic is now getting encrypted right so it's all going over ssl the last stat that i saw and this are all publicly available stats like browsers like mozilla will publish how much of the daily transactions that they see is encrypted so the number that i saw was 75% so my point over there is you need to have visibility at all levels at user level at the transaction levels as well as on the cloud application side of things coming back to your question on data that is stored in the cloud application yes it's very very important for cios to get visibility on how that data is being accessed who is accessing that data which brings the question of you should have a proper user identity management system in place you need to have a proper system that reviews the access logs of all the server applications is there an anomaly that is happening is there a user account being used to access certain apps from 10 different location at any given time are you seeing any other type of anomaly in terms of how the data is being extracted from the server side now these are all challenges right before when you had all of these things in your internal network you would rely on that you know edge security devices to take care of all of this now that the applications are in the cloud you need to make sure that you are always inspecting the traffic that is flowing between your users that could be mobile as well as the applications that are living in the cloud which is where you need a central platform that is able to inspect all the transactions that are going out to those applications as well as the data that leaves those applications so that you can also monitor if there is any kind of sensitive information that is being extracted from there so deepen as a cio so if i am moving to the cloud or if i have moved to the cloud when it comes to cloud security what are the things that i should be looking at one of the important area that a lot of the enterprises are now realizing is over the course of past 20 to 25 years what has happened is there has been a lot of newer detection technologies that have come along right so first it started with traditional url ip filtering solutions which are more relying on the reputation uh, of the destination being visited then came the age of ids ips right that's where more content inspection signatures were being written on the network layer to identify certain threats then we started seeing the advent of sandboxes right because everyone realizes that the payloads change they are polymorphic in nature so it is very very hard to catch them with static signatures so that's where the sandboxes came along now what has happened is as this newer detection technologies kept coming up enterprises realized the need for it but they started adding those point solutions as part of their security stack what becomes very very challenging now is to correlate 
what one appliance is seeing with the other one. And that's an even bigger challenge when you have all the users that are mobile, all your apps are outside, right? So you now cannot rely on that old castle and moat architecture where you're bringing in all your users first to your corporate network and then you're letting them go out to browse internet, all your applications. So in this era of cloud applications, uh, what you need is a central platform, right? where each of these modules, each of the security modules are able to talk to each other, right? There has to be correlation happening inherently when something is being scanned for both outbound and inbound. Another important thing over here is you, I mean, you cannot think of securing a network. You have to always focus on the end user. Because if you see at the threat landscape as well, more and more threats are relying on targeting the end user rather than the application. Mm. They will use things like social engineering tactics to convince users into clicking something, mm. downloading something, running something. So again, those security layers also have to be more focused on the end user rather than applications. Okay. So, and where does automation fit into cloud security? So uh, that's a good question. Automation plays a very important role at many different layers. I'll focus more on the security side where, you know, large SOC teams have their leveraging automation to keep up against the evolving threat landscape. So every enterprise will have a large SOC team or uh, at least a decent sized SOC team, which will be more focused on threats that are targeting their enterprise as well as their industry vertical in general. It is very, very important to have an automation in place that is able to uh, translate all the intelligence that the SOC team generates and implement those blocks in your security solution in near real time. Right? So in case of cloud security, if the platform is in line, then uh, the ability to push those blocks in near real time plays a very important role because majority of those indicators are very, very short-lived. So if you take an example, a file hash, as per a report that was published by Verizon, it's only active for less than a minute's time. And after that, the hash changes. Right? So it's very, very easy to change those payloads. So you cannot uh, sit on a static reputation-based indicator for someone to manually enter that in your security parameter. You need to have automation in place. As soon as the intelligence becomes available, it gets pushed to your security platform and the users get protected near real time. So you don't think AI, ML, they are all a hype? I would say they play a very important role as well, but the stage at which where we are right now, the number of false positives that we see in those is very, very high and it can cause business impact. So we do use machine learning as well for certain threat categories. An example that comes to my mind is detecting, say, search engine poisoning attempts or phishing attempts, right, where we will rely on certain ML models to identify whether it's someone trying to fish a user for credentials or if it's someone trying to serve a malicious payload. Again, your security stack has to be a combination of layers that are targeting known threats, whereas layers that are targeting unknown threats, right? And those layers that are targeting unknown threats will have things like machine learning based solutions, it could also be simple things like block newly registered domain transactions. Right? That's something that we're seeing very, very effective in, in our cloud solution, where we are allowing the users to block any connection that goes to a domain that was registered in last 30 days. Think of it, whenever there is a new campaign, hmm. the attacker would register a domain, post a page, send out a large spam, get campaign executed, and within a day or two, that server is offline, and now that 
destination based block has no meaning those indicators just stay in your block list for six more months and then they go away rather than doing that allowing the enterprises to proactively make a make a decision that okay i don't need my users to be visiting a domain that was registered in last 30 days so my po point over here is your strategy should be which layers in my solution will help me fight the known threats versus which layers in my solution will help me fight the unknown threat. That's the way the enterprises should think of uh, when they're implementing the security stack. And the unknown stack is where the automation will play an important role. So keeping this in mind, what are the active trends in threat landscape that you see? So some of the active trends that we've started noticing since last year, I would assume you would be more interested in hearing about what we're seeing in past one year rather yeah. than before, right? So last year was still, I would say, a year of ransomware because we saw three major global scale mm -hmm. ransomware outbreak, WannaCry, NotPetya, and BadRabbit. What we're seeing now is ransomware still exists. We will continue to see infections happening from ransomware payload, but with the increase in the value of cryptocurrencies, more and more malware operators, they are also adding a coin mining component, either to the existing malware families, or they're coming up with a brand new project that is just focused on staying quiet on the system and mining cryptocurrencies. So coin mining, definitely one of the hot trend in past one year. Another area, just which is a sub part of coin mining, also known as crypto jacking, which is where what we're seeing is web browsers uh, are being used to perform coin mining activity. And this is where there has been new paradigm shift. I would call it a paradigm shift in terms of how website operators are now trying to monetize uh, users visiting their site. So what, th what is happening over there is user visits a site, the site will serve a JavaScript code which will perform coin mining operation on behalf of the site operator and the site operator is able to get some revenue out of it uh, in order to run the uh, site operation but cyber criminals are also taking advantage of this uh, they will compromise the site they will also inject a javascript code which will then perform coin mining operation on behalf of the attacker what is happening over there is there is no there is no requirement as such from any of the services to present a consent page to the end user that hey you know i'm going to use your resources your compute resources to mine currency while you're visiting the site are you okay with that only if the user says yes that's when that should happen that piece is completely missing when obviously the attackers are taking advantage of this. And those services, crypto mining services, they don't have any kind of mandate uh, for that. So again, very, very hard. What we see on that right now is about 10 million transactions every day which are performing just web-based crypto mining activity. And there are also some legitimate popular sites which are adopting crypto mining where they are telling the users that hey we are going to mine currency and we are going to mine coins in your browser's context while you're visiting the site which is i would say quite okay interesting you mentioned this because in fact even in india the past two three months we have seen government sites being used for crypto mining and crypto jacking because there's a lot of traffic they get on government right. sites so is there a solution what can they do to protect so the solution over here would be for the site operators to implement proper security for the server application side right if you know that you're going to leverage crypto mining as a source of revenue for running your server applications then you need to also implement uh, the consent page 
for the end user to know that this site is known to serve coin mining. So what will happen in this case is by default what I'm seeing right now is all the security vendors have adopted the stance of blocking web-based coin mining, right? So if you as a legitimate site operator are doing everything right and letting the user know that this is happening, then the user can make more informed decision. Okay, this is fine. I'm going to allow this to perform coin mining operation. But basic security on the on the website operator side still remains the same as it is for any other compromises, right? Keep your site code clean, right? Keep your plugins patched. Don't leave any kind of uh, security holes because that's what the attackers are exploiting to inject the uh, coin mining scripts. Well, thanks a lot, Deepen, for sharing your thoughts Pleasure. on cloud Pleasure. security and cryptojacking. You were listening to Deepen Desai for ISMG Asia. This is Suparna Goswami. Thank you for listening.